Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Meet the Manager. It's our regular catch-up with the best advice from some of the community's top FPL managers of all time. Yes, we will focus on those with a great rank history, but we're adding to that by including managers with an interesting story to tell about how FPL is impacting on their lives. Also, we'll focus on managers who are offering a unique insight and research into the game to propel them and hopefully us up the rankings. Today, I'm joined by Prasen Singhal, uh, known as Pras uh, to the community. He has three top 10K finishes and he has not finished outside the top 100K since 2011, so a decade ago. Uh, what we'll do is find out a bit more about his career history, his tips for success, and then we'll take a look at his next week's planning, which is particularly important for him and hopefully yourselves as well because he's wildcarding so it's good to find out what wildcarders are doing um, and if you're wildcarding as well you can get some tips as well so to timestamp this we are preparing for game week eight of the 2021-22 season Braz, how are you i'm very well thank you joe uh, thank you for having me on it's it's a real pleasure to be here uh, i mean you've talked about my 10-year history it's a 10-year of knowing uh, fantasy football scout i've been there uh, you know read the article scout cast so it's a real bucket list moment to be on, so thank yeah. you for having me. No, it's great. Now I know, I know your name, not your face, because it's the first time we've met, albeit virtually. But I've seen your name, as you said, for about a decade. It's one of those names on Fantasy Football Scout, you know, in, in the forum there, and you know, now increasingly on Twitter and we're in other places chatting about FPL. But yeah, I've seen your name there, and uh, I don't know, maybe we've chatted over. Leighton Baines or whatever in the past we before. We <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, what we'll do is we'll put your career history up so people can see it. And, uh, yeah, this shows that, um, as I said, three top 10K finishes. That was 2018-19. Uh, you were top 5K, actually, that season, 4,000 or so. 2014-15, uh, 8,000. Uh, 2012, 13, uh, 6,000 rank. And, and you've got to go way back into 2011-12 where you've got 136K um, when you finished outside the top 100K. So, and, and loads of those other ranks are all like 11K last season. Um, so these are, you know, not too shabby on the ranks there. So we'll find out a bit about, I don't know, just before we talk about some of the things like hits and captaincy and stats and attitudes to risk and things like that. I'm quite interested. How would you describe yourself as um, a fantasy, you know, as a, as a Dullard, a Maverick? Which, which sort of which sort of manager are you? 
I think I'm a, I'm a bit of both. And generally, I, you know, I think the stereotypes of being a dullard or maverick are a little bit overstretched in the sense that I think you can be a dullard in different phases of the season. It depends on how your team looks. And if I have to characterize myself, I think I'm patient. I stick to the process. You know, having done this for over 10 years, I don't panic if it's a 400k rank by Christmas. I know how the second half works with the double game weeks, with the chips. Yeah. Uh, usually sensible with how those are played. Um, fixtures are very important. Uh, I, that's probably the number one thing I look for, both in terms of the wild card, but my transfers in. Generally not a two-week punt versus mm. Norwich kind of guy, but what is the next six weeks looking like? And, uh, you know, will I be able to hold the guy if he blanks for the next two weeks? So that's generally the okay. approach. And uh, well, that's quite. I mean, both of us are in a sort of similar position at the moment. Um, although you know you're wild carding this week, but uh, in that we we started off well, and and it's sort of been a bit of a slide since. Um, but um, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be in a better position, and, I, and you certainly will be with your with your wild card. Um, so, but it's interesting what you're saying about the rankings as well. So some people are looking at ranks that we've got, like you know, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, a million. And thinking, what a terrible start because we're seeing all these early ranks and Twitter and Fantasy Football Scout Forum, people in you know getting in the top 10k already. But as you said, it, it doesn't really matter um, because we know that there are other <laughs> other adventures to come this season. Hopefully, um, first of all, hits. Do you take many hits? Because a lot of people do. Are you okay with I hits? Do. Oh. I'm quite okay with it. So I'm not off the camp, don't take hits and you'll have a good mm. season because I think that's where we have our edge. Mm. I tend to take more hits in the first half of okay. the season or even the first 10, 12 weeks because that's when we get the most information. That's when, you know, you actually find out if Sar is the right guy or whether it's, uh, you know, Mbuemo. Uh, so it's okay for me to be more aggressive in that part. Price okay. rises are also a point that's more volatile. But as the season progresses, you have more underlying data. You have yeah. a grip on the fixtures. I tend not to take as many. So last year was an example. I took in total about 18 hits, uh, which is quite, uh, quite, quite a lot. Mm. But 12 of those were in the first 19 game weeks. Now, of course, last season was unlike anything mm. else we've seen in the last 10 years. But it was typical of something that I would do. Almost 60 to 70% of my hits would come in the first half of the season. Okay, now that is interesting because I think, um, in a way, we have to sort of catch up with price changes as well. Um, and as you said, it does start to become clearer. So, for example, you mentioned Mbobo and Tony as well. Um, it comes into the equation there. They look, they look the real deal in terms of cheap Premier League assets. They're emerging. And then other players... Perhaps aren't um, so Greenwood, for example, player I've got. I don't really need him <laughs> because right. Manchester United. Are, you're a Manchester United fan. You can tell by the big flag. Um, yes. Players like that. Is, is it is it time for people to hop off players like that? Manchester United assets. Do you think? I mean, it's uh, if if the evidence is there, then whether that's yeah. a hit or not, I think you need to plan to get off them. Uh, because it ticks basically the box of fixtures, it ticks the box or fixtures turning for the worse. Mm -hmm. It ticks the box of something happening with the team that has fundamentally changed what we've seen in the past, which for Greenwood is definitely the case. And defensively, I mean, if we're talking about Shaw, look, the attacking threat is there, but ultimately you like, uh, you know, managers like yourself like the the clean sheet as the base. Yeah. Everything else comes on top, and if the clean sheets aren't there. 
and then that doesn't help. I, I do have a warning on Shaw, though. I mean, okay. Manchester United last year, more, a lot of their clean sheets came in the tougher fixtures. So it wouldn't be surprising just as people are jumping off Shaw that the clean sheets come back. But I think uh, there's more value in Chelsea and City at yeah. the moment for the same price. No, that's a, that's a good point. What, um, overall, your, your attitudes to risk as well. Um, so you don't mind taking hits and that can be um, risky. I, I tend to take hits when a player is injured or um, is definitely on the slide. Um, but I, that, that level of hits... You would, you would, you would imagine you're taking some risks there. How are you taking a risk? You know, taking out Ronaldo for Lukaku one week, that type of thing. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. So, if, if for example, last week I'm the type of manager who would have kept Ronaldo, not gone for Lukaku. Yeah. Obviously, it sounds smart now, given that Lukaku didn't score his offside goal and uh, mm. the other one that was the miss. But I tend to take hits. What I do is I calibrate myself to wildcard teams at that point in time. So, if I'm looking when I was in game week five. I saw most people had Jota, DCL, you know, my front line looked very similar, DCL and Antonio, Ronaldo, uh, you know, you have your Salah, Rafinha. So as, 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 as long as I'm calibrated and close to the wildcard team, I'd be risk averse. Okay. If I feel like I'm, I'm veering away from where the right, I don't want to use the word template, but mm. the right team, which fits for that fixture run, then I'll be more open to taking hits to basically catch up because I f- if I feel, for example, if, if a Jota uh, was firing, a Greenwood to Jota, I wouldn't think about it. It would no. be a hit I would take in an instance because yeah. something has changed and it would I would make up that those four points over. And double game weeks are different as well where you can make up those points uh, in, in an instant. So th- this is why I, it, I, I do it beyond just an injury and yeah. I'm open to taking hits as needed. Yeah, no, that's a good point and a lesson perhaps I should learn because it does it enables you not to fall too far behind the curve. I think it, it, we've got so, so much increasing knowledge about the game at the moment. Live FPL is a is a is a great tool, uh, Ragabolly's uh, website there, but it's almost too much information. It's too painful in a way when you see the effective ownership. Um, so, for example, I'm so uh, th- those are the without say uh, Rafina. Or without, you know, other other players like that. If they score and you don't own them, you that can cost you a hundred k in the rankings, just like that. Um, more even. And 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 other players. So, for example, I have Antonio and Salah. Most people do. If you don't captain them, you actually want them to fail. <laughs> um, and it, it how do you, how do you walk that tightrope of making sure you've got the template? But at the same time, making sure that you're different enough from the template to go up the rankings. It's a tough one. I think we're all dealing with EO, which has come into our lives in the last three years. It's, it's, it's a great tool, but uh, I, I, I sort of balance what I think is right versus what is EO. So let's let's talk about captaincy. I mean, yeah. I, I would yeah. I would never I would never look at EO as the only or as the first thing. But I'm not going to lie and say I don't care about EO at all. I mean, if 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 I feel next week uh, Salah is going to be 200% captained, I'm not going to take a punt on Lukaku. I'm happily going with Salah because I think he's also a good option. Now, this is completely different from last year, for example, where game week 38, I was 18K and I wanted to push into the 10K. Then I use it as a tool and I captained Mane instead, uh-huh. which got me close to a 10K. I, I ended up in 11K. But so you can use it to your advantage and know how can I take the risk. And essentially, EO is telling you what is the level of risk you're taking of being wrong. If you're if you're wrong with a Salah cap at 200 percent, 
not much damage. If you're wrong with the money cap and Salah holds, then you know you're taking basically double the risk. Yeah, definitely. Um, what what are sort of other other tips and strategies do you have that that, that would enable? I mean, looking at your ranking history, that, that would enable people to to secure a top hundred k and push on into the top ten k. I think I talked about fixture planning. I talked about being patient. I talked about being uh, the hits. I think one other thing is 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 something very important is FPL content consumption, uh, which I think is increasingly important. There's a lot of really good uh, content creators like yourselves, Fantasy Football Scout, uh, and others. I think finding the right content for you, not getting overindulged, not getting uh, you know overwhelmed by the amount of information that is there. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, I, I have a few trusted sources, mm-hmm. uh, Fantasy Football Scout articles, for example, a few Twitter people I follow uh, whose advice, opinion I value. Uh, and that helps me a lot. And podcasts as well. I, I, you know, There's about eight that I have subscribed to, but there's two or three that I regularly listen to, which is because I know the way the managers think. There's one thing is uh, content creator bias can sometimes take you uh, you know, you don't know if that, con- you know, they can all make good decisions, but they're all thinking about their team at the end of the day as well. Yeah. So if somebody is making the move from a Lukaku to Ronaldo, it's probably because they don't have any other fires to put out. So it doesn't mean that's the only yeah. move. You need to have that balance yeah. in mind. I mean, I, I, I get that a lot as a content creator. Um, you know, why why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? Well, because I don't I don't want to take that level of hits that week. Um, and my team is quite specific and... Uh, um, and he, he might do that. And now you're appearing on this. You're going to get that as well, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so um, and we'll, 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 when we show your wild card, and and then you make the inevitable changes based on team developments and news. Absolutely. Um, uh, people will say, "Why? Why did you change?" But um, yes, that's the cross we have to bear. Um, right. in, in terms of Twitter, who who is it on particular on Twitter you follow? Might be some tips for people there to uh, follow, and, and you know, and, and why. Well, uh, these these are people who think differently to myself. So the boys in, on the wire, uh, you know, late riser, yeah. so far, uh, big man bucker. I mean, these guys, I think, have a really good mix of, uh, you know, late riser being the maverick, so far being the the steady head, the planner, um, you know, uh, big man with the, with the stats. So I think that that's that's a great mix. I, I follow them. Um, there was uh, obviously Mark with Black Box and Naz. Mm. Um, you know, they have the right mix of analysis with opinion and that helps a lot a lot of thought goes into it i mean as i mentioned scoutcast has been there for years um so the, the content that the scout produces um you know i follow tom from wgta love their pods as well uh, it's it's uh, something i've always so it's a mix of the pod and 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 things that are created um on on twitter there's a few thread makers uh, you know uh, fpl uh, swede uh, yeah. there is uh, architect uh, Mihir, uh, Hibo, uh, these guys do threads that I really enjoy. And I know the level of information, the deep dive they've done is very different from somebody else who's put 10 tweets together and, and provided something that may be less tailored to what I need. Yeah, they can be quite concise. It's interesting what you say about um, offering something different for yourself, something I've um, in a way struggled with in the last few years in this proliferation of content so i mean just some of the ones mentioned there i do i do follow a lot of those and 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 more as well um and it's hard to pinpoint um what point you 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 stop wanting to follow an echo chamber of 
people who follow your views and people who are wildly different. And once again, it's like a tightrope and it's finding that balance of, I don't want too many different voices because I'll just get confused. I don't know which way I'm going, but I don't want everyone to agree with me because then I'll never improve. Um, So how, yeah. Is that what you try and do with your content that you've got? Is that that mix? Yes, I I, I do. And even when I am myself putting stuff out, whether that's that's a thread or, or a tweet, I'm open to people disagreeing simply because, you know, there is no right answer in what we're playing. And we can agree to disagree. I agree to disagree a lot. Uh, and that's fine because, you know, nobody... Everybody is basically calibrating the level of risk they want to take for each position. For yeah. for Salah, I want no risk, yeah. as an example. Mm. Uh, and for maybe, and we'll see that in my wildcard, for a position like a 7.5 mid, I'm happy to take a risk. Is Jota the right person or is Foden the right person? I don't know. But I'm happy to calibrate the risk based on that. So I'm happy to engage with managers who think differently. I mean, uh, Luke uh, Disable on mm. Twitter. I mean, he's he's a perfect guy will disagree with everything, challenge everything. And these are managers that are fantastic to follow because while you may disagree with them disagreeing with you, that's fine because at least now you know there's another perspective that you may have missed that he's pointed out. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Luke is, is, um, he's either going to win it or come outside the top two million. There's no no middle ground because he, he will take those brave decisions and he will look at things that perhaps other people... Um, may not see until it's a bit too late um, so Correct. it gets there quite quite early um, how do you think you would I mean, what would you change in your game to become a top 100 manager that very elite band if you've reached that dizzy height how would you how would you move up to that level do you know I was thinking about this when 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 we had when we had the notes and mm. I don't have an answer Joe to be honest <laughs> the way I play the way I play, I'm not set out to be a top 100 manager because mm. the way, you know, I started, I, I was I was 50K in game week three. I wanted to take risk. I wanted to go for it, right? So I, I took a minus eight. I got Jota in because I know Firmino is injured. I got rid of Simikas. So I took a minus eight and I said, I'm going to go for it because I have these points banked in the first three weeks and it fell flat. Uh, you know, <laughs> basically I, sh- I could have gone for Sar, been boring and just, you know, done the simple transfers. I struggle when I'm basically outside my comfort zone and my comfort zone is to stick to what I think is sensible, what's right. Now, I'm not saying what managers like Luke and, and Leitreiser do is not sensible, but they're willing to take the risk. They're willing to be wrong, which basically means their years, they may end up outside the 100, 200K, but then their years where they will enter the 100K brackets, which I can only dream of. I don't know how I'll react if I'll be in the top five, you know, both my ranks uh, close to 5k have been where I've made a late push. I've had a great double game week bench boost. I've entered, you know, 6k last game week coming into the season. I've never been in the 5k, let's say 10 weeks into mm. something like what Andy had last year. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've never been in that position. I think I'll, I'll, I'll just continue to remain boring and be too scared of kind yeah. of making the end push. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's something I need to learn. And maybe until I'm in it, I, I can't see how I'll react. Well, I, I think you probably do um, okay in that. I mean, I've I've been in that position where where I've been within that um, that that high ranking quite early on, and it it's relatively easy to stay there once you're that high up because you 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 will have that template, and then you've just got to keep keep on the template. Right. Um, and that is the way to stay in there to push on to the top hundred. I think you do need to be a late riser 
or loop. Right. To, Correct. To, um, but so I, I, I think I think the it's just it's just very. I mean, people say it's luck and variance, but but the your your four thousand season, for example, luck and variance prevented that being a top one thousand. That's that's still quite close. That's still quite close. Same with your your eleven thousand last. Year. That was that's a top ten k, isn't it? That was the fourth top ten k. That that's right. a, a bonus point or two. That's an assist. Right. Um, you know, you, that, that that level of variance um, is there, um, but it's that consistency which is why you're why you're here. Um, let's have a look at your uh, wildcard team. So this is this is as it stands. I know you sent me some notes of sort of who's nailed, who's who's not, and um, uh, and who could be changed. So um, do you do you want to just sort of run through it? Um, yeah. I, I don't know how you want to do it. It's up to you, really. You can either run through it from goalkeepers to the front, or you can run through it by absolutely nailed in, and these ones are up for grabs. What, what I'll do is, okay, for uh, for anyone who's listening, let me just run through the team. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk about the big picture on, on why I've gone with certain price points. I know you love price points, Joe. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about that. And then, of course, discuss who I think is nailed and, and, and where, yeah. where things can change. So, uh, for the listeners, it's Ramsdale in goal, Foster as the second keeper, uh, Diash, Rudiger, Cancelo, TAA, Livramento as the back five. You have Mbuemo, uh, Rafinha, Sala, Jota, and Brownhill. And then in attack, I have Lukaku, Antonio, and Tony. And big picture, um, I, I, you know, we've got, we've had seven weeks of information now, and I think there are certain things that I feel we know. Uh, I feel we know that we need two premiums, one is Salah and one attacker, because we do want to rotate between Lukaku and Ronaldo across at least the next 10, 10 to 15 weeks. What we know is we need at least one forward that's around 8 million, because you have Antonio, you have DCL, Bamford, Watkins, Ings, so many good players, and Jimenez around that price point that you just don't want to have maybe two premiums and nothing else in the middle. We know in defence... Or I know in defense, uh, I want TA uh, and at least two defenders that are in the 5.5 to 6 million bracket. And those can be Chelsea, City, it can be both. Uh, I'm not sure yet whether it's two City, one uh, Chelsea, or whether it's two Chelsea, one City. Mm-hmm. I know that I want a mid-priced mid, which is basically my punt position, which is, mm-hmm. uh, I talked about it earlier. It's a 7.5 to 8 million mid and it'll be Jota for now. And the reason I have Jota in there now is because Liverpool have the first fixture against Watford. Mm-hmm. And the hope is if Jota is starting that game, I want him in that game. Yeah, if Jota is not starting in that game, that's Foden's spot or that's Mount's spot. So mm-hmm. that's basically a spot that yeah. it's it's not one I'm going to have for the next eight weeks. It's definitely one I want for the next two or three weeks and basically chase that upside mm-hmm. in that one position. I know yes. Tom Friedman talked about this in one of his videos yeah. as well. That's music to my ears. That because Jot, that's why I I'm keen at the moment. I have Jota and Greenwood, but I'm keeping one of them, or I'm rather I'm keeping that position because Correct. I might want Grealish, I might want Mount, I might want Foden, and what I've seen a lot of teams with Salah, lots of five five to six million midfielders, and they got they got to find another million and a half or two million to get up to. Some of those other players that you mentioned, and as you said, Jota against Watford, if he's starting, even if he comes on for the last twenty minutes, I'm I'm quite keen for that. Um, yeah. So yeah. so I like that, and it's interesting what you say about Tom as well. Tom Freeman, he has the thing with the it, it, it's sort of a fourth mid 
midfielder, but it could it doesn't necessarily mean the the cheapest midfield, the second cheapest midfielder. It, it's Correct. just a position that you can move around. I remember speaking to him ages ago, and he had someone like Walcott in there as well, when no one had Walcott because he thought, well, if I'm wrong, I can just move to another because that was when Walcott was a bit more. Um, so that's good. So Salah's locked in. He's Correct. Um, Salah's locked in. So in my current draft, um, what I have locked is Salah, Lukaku, uh, Cancelo, because I think we've seen enough from Cancelo that, uh, you know, even if he misses the odd game, that's yeah. that's okay. He'll be in. Livermento, only because he's the, the gem, you know. So I'm not wildcarding for, like, your famous Fraser wildcard. Yeah. Not for Livermento, but he's a key part of it. Yeah. Um, Rafinha, Mbuemo, and Ramsdale. Yeah. Ramsdale, I say nailed only because it's a new shinier toy than than Sanchez. There's nothing wrong with going Sanchez, I think. But I think what I do know is I want a 4.5 keeper. And we've got an opportunity here with uh, with uh, Ramsdale, and I'm going to take it. Yeah. In terms of where it's open, uh, right now, I want two of Rudiger, Diaz, James, and Chilwell. And, and James and Chilwell are the most exciting punts, but at the moment, given how I think, it's too risky. And, yeah. and especially if you have Cancelo as well, Foden as well, it's basically four or five positions where you'll be panicking every week yeah. uh, whether the person starts or not. A lot, um, of, a lot of people over the last couple of weeks have got James and Alonso in only for it not to work out. And I, and I suspect there'll be a lot of people getting Chilwell in, but we just don't know at the moment. Um, right. But Rudigo, I think we do know, don't we? Rudig, this is why the draft I have yeah. up at the moment has Rudiger and Diaz, because we know these two guys are glue guys. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. And what that does is, I mean, if James starts again and he's he's basically firing and we know that he's a starter, I you know, I wouldn't mind going Diaz to James uh, in due course. That's that's absolutely okay. But at least you start off with knowing what you know and, and we know that Diaz and, and Rudiger are nailed. In terms of in terms of upside, so yeah. I, I mentioned so there's there's three positions here in my wildcard, which is Jota, Antonio, and Tony. And Antonio is a strange one and I'll talk about it. Yeah. But these are the three positions where I feel I can differentiate myself because most people have Salah, Rafinha, Lukaku, you know, the others I've talked about, everyone's moving to double city or double Chelsea defense. These are three positions where I feel, you know, people will hold on to Antonio. Anyone who's not on wildcard will just hold on to him. He's done well, to be mm -hmm. fair. There's no reason to move beyond him, but there's a slight fixture turn with the Europa League. It's something I'm considering. I'm not, I'm not there yet, but mm -hmm. there are, there is value in other forwards you know, maybe if I wanted to um, go up to Jesus, um, if I wanted to uh, come down to Watkins, who's looked really good mm. since uh, Villa have moved to a 5-3-2. Uh, there is uh, Bamford, if he comes back. I mean, he's he's already hurt me in the past where I got him up for DCL yeah. and only for him to get same, injured. Same here. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's, you know, this is this is where I feel I can go different. If I have enough information, I'd I'd be okay to moving off Antonio if it came to it. Mm -hmm. Tony, at the moment, I think he's a great enabler. Uh, he's, you know, they've shown uh, Brentford that they are an attacking side. They can play it amongst the big boys in the first seven game weeks. I do think that Umbuemo and Tony may be a little bit of a uh, overkill, but I'm not going to be playing both of them every week, given, as you've seen, it, it's a four at the back. One of Umbuemo or... Uh, Tony will be benched, and I think it'll be mostly in Buemo most weeks. And Livramento has great fixtures as well. So it's not that I need no. that position. 
so I'm okay with looking at an Armstrong, even a Huang from uh, from Wolves, who's who's had uh, good returns over the last two. But at the moment, I think the safe pick is Tony, and that's the third spotter that I want as my forward. Okay, I mean, looking at I mean, Livermento is a, is a gift at the moment. Um, I, I've not played him, but accidentally have played him by the virtue of having Christensen. Um, right. and, he's, and, and Livermento's always got me points. <laughs> So um, it's it, it, it's definitely worth having. He's an absolutely brilliant first sub, um, especially if you've got four, if you're playing four at the back. Um, he's the only one stopping, yeah. I think, most people from going five at the back. Not that I think five yeah. at the back is the right strategy, but you could easily go Trent, double City, double Chelsea. Yeah. But you just can't, you can't give up on a gem like Livermento that you have so, with the fixtures that he's got coming up. So I saw um, Alexander-Arnold coming out of a lot of teams over the last, when, when, when he was injured last week. Um, I'm hoping a lot of them were in your position in that they're wildcarding to get him back in. Having, no, having taken Alexander-Arnold out in the past, I know how hard it is to get him back in unless you have a wildcard. Um right. Because it's, there's a real reluctance to go up to that next level in defence. There's never quite enough time. There's always other things to do. Is Alexander-Arnold definitely a lock? Because it doesn't matter if he's injured for another week or two. You know you want him. Absolutely. I mean, he, I, I'm happy to bench him if he's not yeah. uh, available for Watford. Unless, of course, Klopp says you know he's still a couple of weeks away. Yeah. Uh, it's something then, then we go into an abyss of unknown when he's back. Then I can avoid, but I think look, they're, they're very. There's enough problems that we have over the season, which is people getting injured or people just not performing to the level that you're expecting. You need to have five or six guys that you will say, "I will hold no matter what." Price drop, no matter what. You know, double clean sheet loss, no matter what. And that's that's my attitude with Salah, TAA, and and hoping that I'll have that with the three other premium defenders as well. And uh, Brownhill is your guy to put in. <laughs> Just uh, played played every minute. He's yeah. now four point four. I have this thing of now I can get him for uh, for point one cheaper mm. than anyone else yeah. uh, who's not wild carding. So that's that's where I go with. Yeah, I did I did the same with Dale Stevens last year. <laughs> Something about Burnley midfielders, um, they get sold a lot. Uh, but yeah, they are they can be cheap for for wild carders. Let's have a look at some um, fixtures. Uh, so what I've got here is I've got the next eight fixtures and, and sorted on the Fantasy Football Scout season ticker uh, by uh, order of um, you know, ease and difficulty. Um, it's got Leeds absolutely top over the long term. So your Rafina, he can stay, um, obviously. Don't worry about him. Chelsea, this is why you've got lots of Chelsea. Um, then Southampton, uh, like Liveramento's good. I've got Armstrong in my team, could easily become Tony. He's he's a He's a potential... Uh, a potential alternative for that for that price point. Correct. Um, Tottenham are interesting. Now I'm going to stop here with Tottenham and Chelsea. So there's, there's a couple of things here. Chelsea is is Lukaku or indeed Ronaldo? Are they necessary? <laughs> Do you need to have Lukaku? Look, I think. Um... It comes back to your style of management. I, I wouldn't mm. hate if somebody came up with a draft having Sun instead of Lukaku and being different. Mm. I just think Lukaku will come back to what he showed early signs of because Mount is back. I mean, mm. even uh, you know Thomas Tuchel said in the press conference, uh, Mount has a good understanding with him, which is why I'm also considering Mount for the Jota spot. So it mm. wouldn't be instead of, it'll be alongside Lukaku. I just think I, I need to have that structure because game week 12, latest game week 14, I'll want Ronaldo for sure. Yeah. And I'm not going to be finding funds 
if I distribute them across uh, my squad, I'll need a wild card to get Lukaku, uh, Ronaldo back. I'd rather have that spot, and there's nothing wrong. I mean, these fixtures for for Chelsea are mm. absolutely amazing. Yeah. If he's not going to fire, I'm happy to be wrong. There's a lot of value there. I can downgrade him to a Bamford, to a Watkins, and then make the sun move. Then I, I wouldn't do it now. It's just not my management style mm. that I get the Iniacho or or Bamford now and put that money in sun because there's more question marks on sun. Frankly, just because he mm. got two assists or actually one was chalked off doesn't change my thinking in the sense of where Spurs are going as a yeah. team, where Nuno is going as a manager. I'd rather go with Chelsea that are on the up. I, I, I agree, because looking at those fixtures here, Tottenham have Newcastle next. So wildcarders like you would be tempted, wow, Son against Newcastle, I'll, I'll have that. Um, Chelsea against Brentford, well, hmm. Um, but then Chelsea have Norwich at home, where Lukaku is definitely in the conversation with the captaincy. Then Newcastle himself, and then Burnley. So these are three great fixtures before they turn with Leicester and Manchester United. Um, and as you spe- said about Manchester United and Shaw, there could be clean sheets for Manchester United there. But then looking at Tottenham's fixtures, after Newcastle, they've actually got West Ham, Manchester United and Everton. So these aren't great fixtures, you would imagine, for, for lots of goals. Before Game Week 12, they really hot up with Leeds, Burnley, um, Brentford maybe, and then Norwich, um, so it, it, from what you're saying there for those that are going Lukaku here and it doesn't work out for some reason he's just a Giroud <laughs> he's just yeah. a, a new Giroud he's just up there hey do you mind just getting in the way while we all score around you um, and if he is that guy well then game week 12 hop off and rearrange and get Kane in get Son in because they are about to go on a big old run of good games and but also right. we'll we'll know there what sort of shape Kane's in and I mentioned right. Kane though so you mentioned some but Kane Vardy Jesus is in your thoughts um yeah. have you got your mind open to these players yet to unfashionable sure. or okay? um I think Kane less so um I mean Kane is my captain my zombie team of course I thought he's, he'd go to City um but yeah. um I think because I don't want to lose Salah uh, three premium structure just doesn't work. Uh, I mean, people have tried it. Some weeks it'll work, but a lot yeah. of weeks, yeah. you know, you have you have a couple of disappointments and the whole team suffers. I think, so Kane, for me, unless something fundamentally changes, like you said, by game week 12, that's, he's out. Jesus is very much even in consideration for this draft mm. instead of Antonio, if, if, if I see more. But with the Brazil stuff, I mean, we just don't know yet. I mean, even Rafinha... We don't know. They're playing, I think, uh, on a Friday before uh, the the weekend starts on Saturday. I don't know how many of these players will actually start. Um, But I'm interested. Uh, A City attacker is always interesting. And it's one of the reasons why I'm debating going only one City defender. Because I may want Foden and Jesus or, you know, dare I say, Torres uh, in the future. Uh, if he comes back well, I mean Torres could come back in Burnley it's a tough fixture congestion and and realistically to load up on City I'm, I'm, it's game week 8 next and those of us that have been playing a long time game week 8 is a special week because it's a special week where man, investment in Man City can pay off it's the week right. often after an international break in the past Aguero hat-trick against no four goals was against Newcastle just right. ridic- I've, I've had ridiculous luck with fixture swings getting on the likes of Jesus etc then and I think there's a fixture swing it's Burnley and then Brighton that's a tricky one for their attackers but then Crystal Palace so there's two out of three great fixtures there coming up for their attackers so this could be what you were saying um, 
more maverick wildcarders might be thinking, who's going to be the next Aguero for me? It's the thing with City. I mean, we don't know who they're who plays up front. I mean, mm. they tried Torres. They have gone with Foden. I think Grealish played against uh, mm. in the last game. Sterling has played there. It, we just don't know. Foden has has shown signs of taking up the silver role, uh, which mm. he's doing very well. So he's the one that's interesting now. Grealish has had a lot of minutes, but not a lot of output. Um, so Jesus is the one that interests me because it looks like you know he's had a word with Pep. He wants yeah. to play on the wing. And he's doing really well on the right side. Um, and just some of those other teams with, with fixtures. They're sort of mid-table for fixtures. Um, the likes of Wolves still trucking along. Only really got a couple of tough games. So um, those, those of us with a, with a Wolves defender. Um, but not a lot. I'm not seeing any Wolves on, on wild cards. Maybe Jimenez. Is, is Jimenez in your thoughts? Um, I think it's a little bit of not, you know, I don't know which, which bias this is, but he's basically... Not done a lot, but hurt me in the last two weeks, and yeah. I haven't had him. And I feel like I now need to make up the points by not going Jimenez, but somebody else. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, probably I'm wrong. But you know, he's he's. I think he's averaging about 0.3 xg mm. xa per game, which is okay. Uh, but I think is he somebody I can I can go against and try to punt on somebody else with better fixtures over the next five or six. So he's not particularly in my thoughts. Um, and just some of those other teams worth mentioning. Leicester, now you mentioned Ian Acho there. After Manchester United, they've got Brentford, um, Arsenal and Leeds. Um, so a mixed bag there. They've got Chelsea, Watford, Southampton and Villa over the next eight. Um, so a real mix, mixed bag there. But there's there's some of those fixtures sound, sound quite good if Ian Acho is going to start. You, you're still waiting to see if he's going to be a regular starter. Very, very interested in Ian Acho. Uh, mm. I mean, they've, they've struggled, obviously, uh, defensively. But from an attacking point of view, I mean, listening to some of the Leicester fans, they are now speaking of Iniacho starting. Okay. And if he does like he did in the last game and continues to do well, I mean, he was a gem last year in the second half, uh, he'd be great value at seven million. Now, it's interesting what you're saying, because ho hopefully what we can do in Meet the Manager, as well as the scout cast and other things, is, is sort of future gaze a bit, looking at the template of the future. And you have already mentioned Antonio possibly being moved to perhaps someone like Iniacho or... Or Jesus, and um, here we can see where n no one's thinking that at the moment, but they could be soon because when you yeah. look at West Ham's fixtures, they are tricky. Everton, Tottenham, Villa, Liverpool in game week eleven. Then they've got Wolves. Wolves' defense is pretty good actually. Then they've got City, another great defense. Brighton, another great defense. Then Chelsea, another great defense. So these aren't great fixtures at all for Antonio. But then right. we move up and we look back at Leicester. Game week 13, Watford. Game week 14, Southampton. So these these are quite nice couple of fixtures there. Looking at City as well. They've got Watford. They've got Villa. They've got Everton around that time. Um, yeah, it's sort of not yet. You said you're not there yet, but you can, see your, you can almost see the future with this patchwork quilt of fixtures. That's exactly it, which is why I talked about the price points. I want that 8 million spot, which I can move around as required. I'm not going to pretend that losing Antonio is going to be easy and he can definitely hurt. I mean, he puts on premium numbers when he starts. The question is, if Moyes is going to continue to play him in Europa League games like he did last midweek, yeah. there is going to be a point where he's either going to tire, be rested, or I don't want to wish injury on anybody, but he's always just, you know, um, tweak, very close to tweaking his yeah, yeah. 
muscle somewhere. Somewhere, something's going to go. Something's going to ping. Manchester United. Just, just for we're going to look at some big chances stats in a sec. But um, uh, looking at Manchester United, there. This is why people are are, are moving off them on their wild card, like yourself, and uh, why I will be um, after Leicester, which I actually quite like the Leicester game for Manchester United. I think that could be potentially high scoring. And Ronaldo's had his rest, hopefully. Um, So um, they they after Leicester, they've got Liverpool, Tottenham, City, Watford, good fixture, then Chelsea, Arsenal. And then Crystal Palace gets better game week 15 or so for Manchester United. So that's when we might be going back to them. Um, and Watford, so SAR owners, um, this is why we're not seeing SAR on any wild cards. they got Liverpool, Everton, Southampton, Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea, Leicester and City. So it's the Manchester United, Chelsea. As soon as you start seeing Liverpool, Manchester United, Chelsea, City all in a, in a clump of fixtures. It's like alarm bells. Go. I mean, with Ranieri, things may change, which is again one to watch. Uh, maybe he goes, you know, his his positional. Uh, always with a new manager, it's it, you know you, you, you want to see what happens, which is why I was originally thinking of having Backman as my second keeper, but I just don't know now. Will he be actually first choice or will it be Foster now? So no. it's you know it's it's one to watch how yeah. Ranieri does at work. You can afford to gamble on Foster being a non-playing goalkeeper, but Backman as well. Then suddenly you're just relying on Watford. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's have a look at some stats here. Um, so I'll I'll go through them in a sec. This is the last. This is the last four, and these are big chances. These are total big chances here. But just before I go through some of those players and get get your thoughts on them, um, stats wise, um, what 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 stats do you like? How do you use stats? How do you? I mean, how do you convert those numbers into actual FPL points? I am. I, I think mo- like most of us, we've grown up watching the games, looking at touches in penalty area box, uh, like I'm talking 2012, 2013, and basically making a judgment that my eye test is correct. And I think it makes sense. This guy's attacking. It's obviously moved now. There's a lot of information available. Ultimately, I, 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 I look at stats when I want to validate my thoughts on a player. I, you know, if I, if I get very deep into the stats, I can get, I can confuse myself. Maybe if, you know, let's look at Lingard or Iñacho last year. They didn't have the stats, but they continue to perform. If you watch the games, you think they're doing well. If you watch the stats, you think they're not. So my approach is generally to mix the two things, watch a lot of football. Uh, and m- the most of the times I enter the fantasy football scout comparison table is when I'm debating exactly which 8 million guy do I want. Uh, if I want to replace Antonio with, is Watkins doing the business in the last three weeks or should it be Bamford? That's when I get into it. Yeah. If I have, um, you know, if, if I'm not sure about a player, Wang, for example, I, I don't know him. He's not he's yeah. not been there enough. I want to see, is he really getting into the box? I've never, I don't know how Wolves are structured. Mm. That kind of stuff, I, I use stats a lot for heat maps, uh, XG, of course, XGI for defenses, um, sorry, XGC for defenses. So it's it's a balance. There is no one go-to stat. In fact, there could be weeks where I wouldn't look at any stats because yeah. I feel like I've got enough information. I know my transfer. I'm not going to, you know, this, you have to balance out your job and other things with, with, with that. But I use stats as much as uh, needs to. And um, the scout is great okay. for that. Okay, so these, I'll just run through this list of players. So a lot of, some of these are in your wildcard. Some aren't and some are considered um, so the big, this is big chances total. So it's pure, gone analog, no XG here, just analog, big chances. Um, Salah, top seven, world of his own. 
up there. Eight eight shots on target, 13 in the box, huge. Um, then Ronaldo. So he's played less, so this isn't by minutes. He's second right. despite playing much less games. Uh, five big chances, 14 inside the box, seven on target. Uh, Mane, who, because of structure, people aren't looking at, but he's up there, 12 shots inside the box, five big chances. Saar, we can see there, but the fixtures aren't in his favour coming up, but perhaps one to monitor. Vardy is there, no one's getting Vardy. Uh, four big chances. Uh, Mbobo, uh, Brentford, four big chances. Jimenez, four big chances. Watkins, three. Remember, this is last four game weeks. So uh, our mindset from weeks one and two needs to be altered a bit and look to more yeah. towards the likes of Watkins. Uh, Jota's still there. Been unlucky, us owners Great say. Uh, no Lukaku. <laughs> it's Werner is out there. <laughs> Werner is the top for big chances. Last four weeks in amongst Chelsea assets. Um, and then Son. Why people want him there? Because he has that assist potential as well as goal scoring. Um, I'll, I'll, will I ask you that weird question? Considering Werner over Lukaku, at all? <laughs> uh, look, uh, I'm not going to say uh, I'm not open to it. I'm not going to go with yeah. Werner. But uh, look, I think with Lukaku, uh, with James coming back, Mount coming back, I, I have confidence that yeah. this will come back. And this is one area absolutely the area where I would trust my instinct over what the stats are telling yeah yeah definitely I mean I look at the fixtures not not necessarily this coming game week but I look at the next game week Chelsea against Norwich at home um, uh, I think it's at home anyway but Chelsea against Norwich anywhere doesn't matter where they right. play they play my back garden and they still win um, Chelsea against Norwich that just screams Lukaku captaincy um, but um, Salah captain now if I'd have captained Salah every week as other people in my mini leagues may have done um, I'd be doing much better <laughs> um, do you think we should just do that I mean less is more it, this, it's always the question of over management right I mean we always think we can outsmart uh, you know the, 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 the passive manager yeah. probably but uh, I'll I, you know I'll continue to try to beat it I think uh, Targeting teams like Norwich, uh, you know, it, avoiding teams like City is the right play. And, and if Salah turns out to beat in a particular week, that won't change how I see it next week. Uh, I mean, to your point on Norwich, we're, we're, we're not talking about uh, the great Neil Mopay, yeah. uh, who plays Norwich next week and can be a nice little position mm -hmm. holder for Tony, uh, who yeah. can come in after. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I think I think there are options there. Yeah, I, I like your wildcard. This isn't this isn't a, uh, a sort of video where we're judging wildcards here, but and I'll just tell you anyway. I like it. Right. Um, part of the reason I like it is because um, even though my team is in the doldrums, many of those players that you've got, I've also got, um, or I can easily get to. So that makes me feel a little bit better, um, and hopefully it makes others uh, feel a bit better um, who are perhaps uh, in the doldrums with their their rankings. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the thing I I, um, I, I mentioned. I, I don't want to be different on the wildcard just for the sake of it, because I think that ends up to be... I, I want to plan the team. Now, if everybody has Rafinha and I didn't, that's fine. I'm happy to have Rafinha. On the other hand, on Antonio, I'm happy to be different, maybe. 
So it, yeah, I'm not going to force it and just get a different team just because I'm on wildcard and I can play with the buttons and have unlimited transfers. And that's basically the approach I want to take. Okay, excellent. Well, well, thanks so much for your time, Praz. This has been it's been a, a great chat and it's been really good to see your wildcards and find out a bit about you know the um, the manager behind the, that career history, which is a great career history of, of consistency and some really great high finishes there. Um, but in the meantime thanks so much for joining me um, and good luck with the game week good luck with the rest of the season thank you for having me Joe it's been a real pleasure good luck to you as well